You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. some horrendous circumstances right now in your lives. Are your eyes on the circumstances or are your eyes on the Lord seated on the throne? Is he still seated there and he's staying there? I got this in control, man. I haven't left the throne. People come to me and go, oh my gosh, I'm in such a hard time. Today this happened. Today this happened. I don't know what I'm going to do. And sometimes I say, has the Lord changed between yesterday and today? Is he not still the Lord? Is he not still on the throne? What has changed about him? When you are in the darkest of times, where do you look? Do you turn to people, to work? Does God factor in? Today in his message, Pastor Dave uses the mistakes of the early kings to remind us when we're in hard times to look to God. His perspective will give you clarity, focus, peace, and the ability to keep going. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapters 14 through 15 as he continues his message, The Rise of Jeroboam II. I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Then down to 16. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Look at 18. Surely you set them in a slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. And in 23 and 24. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by your right, my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. So, here you have the psalmist both are saying, the wicked we're going to have with us. They're going to be there. We can't be envious because it seems like everything's going right for them. And those of us who serve the Lord are getting pounded. We can't be envious of them. What's the saying? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than the richest man in the world. They will get theirs. They will get theirs. Remember the rich young ruler? The rich young ruler. Wanted to know what the best commandment was. He said, well, do you know your commandments? And he says, yeah, I don't commit murder. I don't pick a devil, I don't steal. He said, hey, you've done well. But one thing you lack, go and sell all your belongings and give to the poor. And he went away. He went away. Very sad because he was very, very wealthy. Don't fret because of evildoers. It's a common thing for the righteous to fret and be envious of the wicked. Why do the wicked experience such prosperity? don't want that. But yet, we have God. And I always like to say, for, the, for us, this is the worst it gets. For them, this is the best it gets. Never saw a U-Haul at a funeral parlor. Never saw one. The book of Amos shows that Israel didn't handle this prosperity very well. And the wickedness under the prosperity of Jeroboam too heaped up judgment for themselves. Prosperity can be a cruel thing. Prosperity can be a real cruel thing. Everybody wants to prosper. Everybody wants to have wealth. Everybody wants to be rich or everybody wants to have money. We work for it. We want it. We seek it. We get it. 
And then all of a sudden, the Lord pours out these blessings upon it, and all of a sudden, we forget the Lord. We walk away from him because all of a sudden, we have all this money. And we no longer on our face every day praying that he would provide for us, praying that he would give to us what we need. Because now we have all the money that we need, and we're buying all these things, and we're not so serious about the Lord anymore. The Lord gave David all these things. The Lord gave David tremendous wealth. He gave David, and plus he gave David the fact that one of your descendants will sit on this throne forever. What was David's response? Who am I? Who am I that you would do this for me? Who am I that you would allow this in my heart? Notice the difference in the heart. Who am I? We have to be careful. We have to be very careful. Prosperity can destroy you in a heartbeat. I'm not saying it's wrong to be prosperous. I'm not saying that. The Lord has blessed you with prosperity. Praise him. Thank him. Give him glory and honor for helping you in your time. But make sure you're constantly in contact with him. So Jeroboam dies, and Zechariah now takes his place. It was the fourth generation of the Jehu dynasty. Remember in 2 Kings 10.30, it was prophesied that the dynasty of Jehu would continue for four generations. Well, here it is. We have the Zechariah coming in. But then when we get to chapter 15, we jump back to the southern kingdom again. We see a man named King Azariah or Uzziah. Which is it? Is it Azariah or Uzziah? Let's read verses 1 through 4. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done, except that the high places were not removed, and the people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. So here is another half-hearted, committed king to the Lord. He's only meeting the Lord halfway. He's not tearing down the high places. He's meeting the Lord here. We see the name. Now, he was given the name Amaziah, meaning Jehovah has helped. But when he became king, he took the name Uzziah, which means Jehovah is strength. The reign of Azariah was largely characterized by the good he did in the sight of the Lord. His godliness was rewarded with a long reign of 52 years. Now remember, we've been saying that the book of 2 Chronicles kind of like parallels 2 Kings. And there's a lot of information in the book of 2 Chronicles that is not in the book of 2 Kings. And when you jump back and forth, you see much things. We learn in 2 Chronicles 26 that Azariah, or Uzziah, began his reign when he was 16 years old. He reigned during the ministry of Zechariah the prophet. He defeated the Philistines and, and took many of their cities and also kept the Ammonites in tribute. He was internationally famous as a strong king. He built up and organized an army, introducing several new items of military technology. All this can be found in 2 Chronicles 26. As with Joash, as with Amaziah, the reforms of Azariah did not reach so far as to remove the traditional places of worship to the Lord. Once again, 
half-hearted relationship. A half-hearted relationship. Let's look at 5 through 7. Then the Lord struck the king so that he was a leper until the day of his death. So he dwelt in an isolated house. And Jotham the king's son was over the royal house, judging the people of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Azariah are, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Azariah rested with his fathers. They buried him with his fathers in the city of David. Then Jotham, his son, reigned in his place. Interesting story here. And interesting things happening here. His reign was good. It was doing really well, but all of a sudden, it says the Lord struck him with leprosy. Leprosy is a sign of sin. What did he do? What did he do that the Lord would strike him? Once again, it doesn't say in 2 Kings, but it does tell us in 2 Chronicles what he did. He became strong, mighty, until he was struck. When his heart was strong, his heart was lifted up into destruction because he transgressed the Lord by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So what does that mean he did? He tried to become a priest. He took the place of the priest. This was totally against God's law. The king was the king and the priest was the priest and the prophets were the prophets. They were all separate. They weren't supposed to be one to the other. He did this. The priest tried to stop him, according to Chronicles 26, but the king insisted. He forced his way into the temple to offer incense. Azariah violated what had become the principle of God dwelling with Israel. No king should be a priest. The offices of prophet, priest, and king should not be confined until, until who? Jesus Christ. He fulfills all of those offices. He fulfills all of those offices until the Messiah would come. Azariah went into the temple, and this was an arrogant move. This was an extremely arrogant move on his part. He went in as an arrogant man into the temple to burn incense. His arrogance had gotten the better of him. His pride had gotten the better of him. Why? Because he had a half-hearted relationship with God. He only went so far with God, and he thought he could do the rest. He thought he could take on the role of the priest. He wanted to burn incense. After all, he was the king. He went into the temple as a king, into the temple, arrogance and prideful, came out as a leper and had leprosy until his death. Came out covered with these sores, leprosy. But when you consider the reign of Azariah, he was only 16 years old and he reigned for 52 years. He was good and strong. He led him to many victories. He was an energetic builder. But he had a tragic end. He had a tragic end. Does the name Uzziah ring a bell with anybody? Isaiah 6. Let's go there. Isaiah 6. Remember, Isaiah was a prophet during this time. Josephus tells us that Isaiah was Amaziah's cousin. Isaiah was Amaziah's cousin, or Uzziah. In Isaiah 6, I want to read down to, uh, through verse 8. Isaiah the prophet is writing, 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, and two covered his face, two covered his feet, two covered his, with two he flew. One cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the servants flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Isaiah saw his cousin, King Uzziah. Good prosperous king, strong king. Israel was flourishing financially. They were flourishing materially. They were flourishing in every aspect except spirituality, but they were flourishing. The people loved Uzziah. They absolutely loved him. And when he died, the people were afraid. The people were so afraid because King Uzziah died what are we going to do now? King Uzziah is dead. What are we going to do? The king is dead. If he goes, do our alliances go? Are we going to become poor again? Or is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? What's going to happen with us? Oh no, woe is us. What's going to happen? Isaiah said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. In the midst of all this turmoil, in the midst of all this craziness that was going on, in the midst of all this stuff that was happening in Israel, the woe is me, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out of this mess? What are we going to do next? Isaiah takes his eyes off of King Uzziah, who is now dead, takes his eyes off of the circumstances and the problems that are befalling the nation, and what does he do? He sees the Lord. And what does he realize when he sees the Lord? He's in control. Why? Because the throne is not empty. He is in control. The throne is not empty because the Lord God is still on the throne. The Lord God still is seated upon the throne. I saw the Lord seated on the throne. I saw him there. Isaiah took his eyes off the circumstances and put them on the Lord where they belong. And his heart was lifted up. His heart was lifted up and he was joyful because he saw the Lord. What's it mean? The Lord's still on the throne. You guys are going through some horrendous circumstances right now in your lives. Are your eyes on the circumstances or are your eyes on the Lord seated on the throne? Is he still seated there and he's standing there? I got this in control, man. I haven't left the throne. People come to me and go, oh my gosh, I'm in such a hard time. Today this happened. Today this happened. I don't know what I'm going to do. And sometimes I say, has the Lord changed between yesterday and today? Is he not still the Lord? Is he not still on the throne? What has changed about him? Only thing has changed is your circumstances, your trouble. Get your eyes off your circumstances and put them on the Lord who was seated on the throne. This is what Isaiah did. The people of Judah were relying on their king. They were relying upon a man. They were relying upon a mortal man to do the things that would help them. 
They were trusting in him instead of putting their trust in the Lord. Some believe that even Isaiah had placed his trust in his cousin. We look to things for all our needs instead of looking to God. Instead of looking to God to fill our needs, we look at everything else. We look to a people. It's always the pastor's fault. It's always this person's fault, that person's fault. We look to everybody else that things happen. We always look to everything else. You can always tell what people are trusting in in a hospital. Hang around the hospital for a while, and you hear what people are trusting in. Doc, I know my son's sick. Whatever it costs, money's no object. They're trusting in money. Doc, you got to give them the medicine. It's the medicine. that They're trusting in medicine. You can always tell what they're trusting in by just listening to what people talk about and what they're saying. In the midst of this terrible time when the nation was in chaos, the nation probably thought they were going to crumble. A new king was coming on the block. Who is this guy coming on? We don't even know him. We don't know who he is. Our dear Uzziah, after 52 years, is dead. Isaiah says, hold on. The Lord's still on the throne. The Lord is still there. He is still there. Get your eyes off that and put them on the Lord. Get your eyes off your wealth. Get your eyes off your jobs. Get your eyes off your relationships. Get your eyes off your health. Get your eyes off your homes and all those kind of things. We are secure in them and we trust in them for our security. What happens when they're taken away? What happens when they're gone in an instant? I'm sure, I am sure that the people in Tennessee, some of them down there were Christian when those tornadoes hit. I'm sure they lost everything completely. What are they trusting in? I'm not minimizing a problem, woe to me. I don't minimizing that. I'm not minimizing anybody's woe here. I'm not minimizing your difficulty, please. Not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what are you trusting in? Better yet, whom are you trusting in? Where are you placing your trust? If you begin to put your trust in a man rather than the Lord, you're in a heap of trouble, folks. So many times it becomes necessary when that's the case. What the Lord does, when you're trusting in something else other than the Lord, somebody tell me what the Lord does. According to what we just read, he removes that object, doesn't he? He removes that object from you. That thing you're trusting in. I lost my job. You really relying on that job? Really was relying to get this thing done? That job was my life. The Lord took it away. Many things happen. Often God, God does take that thing that you're relying on, that you're trusting, and he removes it out of the scene. He removes it out of the scene so that you will place your eyes back on him. You will Pace your eyes back where it belongs on the Lord God, seated on the throne. Seated on the throne. Isaiah was dead. What are we going to do? The throne's empty. Isaiah said, no, it's not. It is not empty. Look again. I look at there and I saw the throne and the Lord is still seated on the throne. Not going to be anarchy. Not going to be confusion. The Lord is still on the throne. He is there. Things block our vision to God. Sometimes we place people on pedestals. We rely on people more than God, and our visions get blocked, and we feel secure. The Lord takes those things away because we're not really depending upon him. They become our prop. They become our crutch. King Uzziah died. The nation was in chaos. Everybody thought the throne was empty, but it wasn't. I saw the Lord. Notice Isaiah had that vision. 
It was after the king died. He had the vision after Uzziah died. He enjoyed what the people of Judah were enjoying under Uzziah's reign. But he never saw the Lord until the king died. And then his eyes were on the Lord. They were off his circumstances. And he looked to the Lord. And when he looked to the Lord, he saw him in a vision. Isaiah saw a vision of the Lord. And when he realized that the throne wasn't empty, God had removed the idol, removed the man that Isaiah loved so much and trusted in. A man that the people loved and the people trusted and he removed him so that they would trust in him and him alone because he was still on the throne. And what happens when we see the Lord finally? When we finally see the Lord, what happened to Isaiah? He saw his sin. Soon as he saw the Lord, high and lifted up, what was the first word out of his mouth? <laughs> Woe is me. Woe is me. I have been trusting in that instead of you, Lord. Woe is me. I'm undone. I'm unclean. And I'm living in a nation of uncleanliness. Woe is me. You get face to face with the Lord and all of a sudden your sin is right before your eyes. And it's bright. But notice God didn't leave him in that condition, did he? Because God had a mighty work for Isaiah to do and God didn't leave him in that condition. Touch Cole from the altar touched his lips, and his sin was purged, and he was whiter than snow. Who's sitting on the throne of your heart tonight? Who's sitting on the throne of your heart? I hope and pray that it's the Lord God. Do you look at the throne and see someone else sitting there? Or do you envision the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on the throne, ruling and reigning? Do you see your problems? Do you see your circumstances? Do you see your illnesses? Again, no minimization here. They're all very, very important. But who's on the throne of your heart tonight? My prayer is the Lord God, Jehovah. The one true living God. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for your word and how powerful it can be when we look at it and you continue to pour out your spirit upon us and lead us and guide us into the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, for showing us these things that we might do something in our hearts, that we might lay aside anything, Lord, that is sitting on the throne except you, that we might return to you fully as the prodigal son returned to his father, that we might run to you, Lord, instead of walk, that we might run so hard, Lord, back to you, and that you would touch us, Lord, and that you would take care of our sin, and that we would feel forgiven and not condemned. Lord, we know you can do all things. We know that the problems that we have seem huge, but there's nothing impossible for you. And you see our problems as very small. In fact, Scripture says they're light and momentary. They're but for a moment. And Lord, I pray, Father God, that our eyes would always, always be on you in the midst of good times and bad times and in between times always look to you, Lord. We would always see you sitting where you rightfully belong. In Jesus' name. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 2 Kings with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. There's a theme that you notice throughout this book. A person's actions have consequences. In the case of the majority of kings in this book, it was evil actions that incurred negative consequences. Do you think God enjoys handing out consequences for sin? On the contrary, just as a parent would prefer willful obedience, 
God desires for people to seek after Him and follow what He says because it's best for them. When that isn't the case, it grieves Him to put forth discipline, but it's always with a heart for people to come back to Him for their good. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time in God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Everything you need to know is on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 2 Kings today. We hope you'll join us again on Assure Hope. Oh